0: Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk.
1: And me, Will we Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable
0: this week, we've got Get to Heaven by Everything Everything. Everything Everything. All of it. All of it. All
1: of, it. All of them. And they are a English group from Manchester. Formed back in two thousand and seven, with four year four albums under their belt so far,
0: and they are the debut "Man Alive," followed by "Arc," "Get to Heaven," which we're talking about today, and then "A Fever Dream," released a couple of years ago now in twenty
1: seventeen. So, Dan, why "Get to Heaven"? Um, why not "A Fever Dream"?
0: Well, I think we're both big fans of the two albums, "Get to Heaven" and "A Fever Dream." It seems like this is a band, for me at least as a fan, that continue to grow and develop and, you know, not to diss the first album, diss, but (laughs) it's it's not my favourite of theirs, it's my least favourite of theirs, they continue, but for me, Get to Heaven and a Fever Dream almost on a par for what they've created now as their iconic sound. Also, it's worth pointing out that this week marks four years since... Distant Pass was released as No, it's not. That was last year, wasn't it? That came out. It does feel like it. It does feel like it. It's hard to believe because I think what's great about them is they've been quite quick at bringing out new new stuff. But also, and not the reason why I've picked it today, but the producer of this album is an old friend of the podcast. It's Mrs. Stuart Price.
1: Happy New Year, Stuart. Well, happy um, Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. This is our Valentine to Stuart Price. Yes, it is. So, let's get stuck in straight away um, with the, f- by the way, also, when we get to it later, I love the artwork on this album.
0: Oh, so there's going to be lots to talk about there.
1: Yeah. So, let's let's get on to the music, first and foremost. So, this is track number one, To The Blade. And never can you take it back. Um never can you make it right. In the final second, I think you knew everything you are. On the horizon in the cold arena where you're
0: Yowzers, what an introduction to the album.
1: I love the way it kind of lulls you in gently and
0: then just bang. It's an explosion. That chorus comes in and it is just an explosion. And I remember seeing that when they toured this, album they played Brixton Academy is one of the dates which I went to see and when they started off with this song and when that bit came on the, the whole lights came on and it turned out they were backed by this incredible lighting structure uh, which just came on kind of was turned on as that moment came maybe actually someone forgot to plug it in or they trudged on the plug as they got on the stage and it was just coincidence but it was a moment it was fantastic I still remember it so it would be the first
1: time at a gig where an um... Unexpected erection was actually very welcome. <laughs> are you speaking from experience? Um, just the tales you've told me about all your gig going over the years.
0: So many things are prominent on this, but one of them is Jonathan Higgs' vocal, which is, of course, a very iconic vocal. It's very he can, he can belt out something, but also he can really hit those falsetto, falsetto notes.
1: And I remember seeing... It wasn't Ali Pally as you mentioned last week. We were in a tent in uh, on Williams Green in Glastonbury. Yes, of course. Yeah, a very small tent, very hot, crowded tent, such as the draw that everything, everything were. It was a fantastic show they put on. And I think were they a surprise
0: or they? They out? were a surprise. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, sat, but it, squeezed in there to see them, but it was
0: wonderful. And as a Huge Stuart Price fan. Do you hear his? Do you hear his magic in this track? Because for me, it's not overly obvious. I don't it's think not
1: overly minute. obvious, but I think he puts a great polish on on things mm. that lifts it to another level. And I think it was the talent that you get with everything, everything with his production, finesse, and experience. Just gave, gives this whole album a great shine.
0: Yeah. And I think certainly later on we're going to hear moments when it is going to be actually. blatant. Blatant. Laid bare. To the blatant. And also quintessentially Stuart Price, maybe even. If we're lucky. If we're lucky.
1: And we're very lucky now because track two is an absolute belter. Lovely. This is Distant Past. Distant Past. Distant Past.
0: talking about wanting to go to the distant past aren't we and some of the albums that we talk about some of the moments in time of pop culture well, I can remember this moment in time very
1: well when this track came out even though it was four years ago now it is just fr- still fresh and we were bopping away when that was on absolutely uh, and for me it's that combination it's a kind of indie pop dance pop sort of sort of thing that I absolutely love Again, I think the production is bang on. The vocals are brilliant. I love the samples. Distant past. Distant yeah. past. Um, <laughs> what, are <they> like? <laughs> what are they like? What are they like, eh? Um, it's just, it's a great pop record, actually. Bottom really line. Is.
0: Yeah, it's a fantastic pop record. And I think the appeal of Everything, Everything is very broad, actually, because there are people who surely just hear the music and hear those beats and want to dance to them but actually the lyrics and the the music behind the lyrics are incredibly clever and almost tie in more to probably a, a radiohead or a pink Floyd thing where it's inc- it's incredibly intellectual actually far far more in- intellectual than I can comprehend so I go for the for the beats and to dance to that shuffle but um yeah huge 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 fan of this song. Well, I remember seeing them live. They did this one on that on that tour. They did this one last, so clearly they had a lot of faith in this song because they'd done two albums previous to Get to Heaven, but they did Distant Pass as the last track, so they must have felt a lot about it.
1: It feels like it's looking back, but moving forward at the same time because of the energy it has.
0: Yeah, I like that. Mm. And I love, love, love the guitar in the chorus. It's quite... That's got a real funk to it. That's got a bit of a... Maybe like a Nile Rodgers kind of thing going on there. And I like how... God, I I can't stop talking about this. I (laughs) I like how it's it's about the electronics and then some of the guitar comes in as well. They are very much a band that embrace real instruments and real modern production. And that's just the sort of thing we love on this podcast,
1: isn't it? 100% our cup of tea, I'd say. And I know it might be obvious, but this is my favourite track on the album... Is it really? On track two. It's yeah.
0: It's all downhill from here.
1: <laughs> no, I didn't say that, <laughs> but I just love this song.
0: I absolutely love it. It's not my favourite, I think maybe partly because it was released as a single, so I heard it a lot, but um, I absolutely love it, and yeah, there's so much more to come from this album. I'm very excited about this episode, actually. Can you tell?
1: Yeah. Flapping all over the place. <laughs> I need to calm down. Like an epileptic pigeon. <laughs> So track three next, and this is Get To Heaven.
0: to heaven the title track there will we know this isn't your favorite song (laughs) i know that for sure but what are your thoughts on this one
1: i mean it's still great isn't it almost a bit of a funk vibe for me going through that track
0: definitely um real what a fun song it is a lot of fun yeah there's there's a there's a sound here that isn't necessarily quintessentially everything everything it's not it sounds like you said there's a bit of funk in there it sounds a little bit more of a focus on that funk side rather than the electronic side, I think. But I really, really enjoy this song. I think it's got a real euphoric, uplifting feeling to it, and that might be in part to, to do with the lyrics. It's kind of it's quite a sad story that they're telling about this old man in the cold, and it sounds like not a fun song in that respect. No, definitely not. And, and it seems like he can't get to heaven, sadly, but actually that chorus and particularly as the chorus builds later and later with more backing vocals and things yeah i find it very euphoric i find it very difficult to not sing along and wave my arms in the air like i just don't care when i'm hearing this one live
1: which you would you which
0: you were doing just which i was doing just now i have done just then and on the way home later and leaving track by track towers i probably will do on the tube that'd be a treat for anybody on the Mm. bakerloo line track three now
1: And we've all had our fair share of this in life. You more than any.
0: Very catchy, isn't it?
1: It's really catchy, and I love that bit. Again, I'm not a musician, as I said last week, when I'm trying to th- talk about different musical instruments and sounds and things, but where it just soars into the did you imagine, and then it kind of goes off and up and away. Lovely. Yes. Absolutely lovely.
0: Almost kind of grinds to a halt and then goes again, almost like it's kind of stopped as a car that stopped on the road and then just puts its foot down again, maybe. Again, not a musical term, but. Uh... <laughs> How I hear that as well. Um, We like to talk about music in layman's terms. Yes. Because it's what we know. For people like us listening to this podcast. (laughs) It's a fantastic song. It was the second single from the album, After Distant Past. I really like, it starts with that very simple drum beat, and it makes me think of something quite Motown. So something like Be My Baby, or something like that. I think it's just very simple and stripped back for this band, actually. But it works.
1: Again, we were singing along. I don't think we missed a regret, regret without yeah. joining in.
0: Which is strange because in our lives we have many missed regrets between us. Too many to mention. Too on this many podcast. to mention. And sing them live a few times. And this song, Regret, is one of those moments where people sing along, whether it's one of the Laddier fans who are kind of in it for the tunes, or whether it's there's a, quite a few older fans who are obviously there for the more. Experimental side of things. What, oh, there
1: were definitely lots of arms in the
0: air clutching cans of red stripe when we saw them. Yes, we haven't had a mention of red stripe for a while. And the same with actually just going back a to distant past, that chorus is so, it's a very clever song, but that chorus is so simple that it appeals widely, I think.
1: And I, and I have to say, that's probably a bit of Price's influence as well there.
0: Yes, you'd think so, yeah. The Price is Right. <laughs> well, Katie, one thing I also love about this song is in the chorus when they sing. Did you think that everything everything would change? Nice little homage nod. to themselves. A a nod to each tip other. of the hat, if An you will. Introspection there. Yes. In everything exception.
1: We're on to track five now. A bit of a mouthful. Spring, sun, winter, and dread.
0: <laughs> love how that song just comes to that sudden end.
1: Well I I was waiting even though I could see it was running down on the timer
0: because it feels like there's something else to come. Yeah. Great track. Amazing track. It's another, I was gonna say it's another favourite but I'm just such a big fan of this album I think I'm gonna be saying that throughout. What was fantastic about that gig at Brixton when they were touring this album is they played every single song from it. It's quite rare isn't it?
1: Well, un- unless it's your debut album, you'd normally yeah. have. Um, <laughs> Got nothing else. But I think it's just, it's such a strong track. And I'm just looking at everything we've talked through so far. It's all, it's all been good. Yeah. Uh, it's just a top notch album. I think I was reflecting again on the vocals.
0: Yeah. He's so good, isn't he? It's so, so, so good. And also it's so, so good live as well that could that could be studio trickery and it's not it's he's just a fantastically talented singer with quite a unique sound there's not many people singing like he is at the minute are there and he's got a real way about him as well actually he's got a real presence yes i love i love the stage presence and w- when you see them live as well they kind of they have these uniforms don't they that they, they each album yeah. they've got this different look and it's i don't know it could be considered uncool to have that to be thinking about I honestly visual. don't think they care no I I'm, think they're very confident in their own
1: skin yeah and we're not in love with them <laughs> honestly it's maybe Valentine's Day approaching but um I'm a
0: little bit in love with them I, I love the playfulness his lyrics are playful throughout but also the playfulness of his title spring sun winter dread you know I, I don't know exactly what it means and that intrigue just keeps me wanting to listen and, and listen more
1: Again, singing. We were singing along again there as well. Yeah, and you wouldn't necessarily think an everything, everything album or an everything, everything track would have you doing that. No, unless you knew, and you were in on the. I don't say secret, but <laughs> I mean they've they've had good commercial success, haven't they? As
0: much as some real diehard fans. Yeah, I think they've they've had good commercial success, but they are still a little bit of a, well, not secret as you. <laughs> uh said before but they they're not mainstream and that's fantastic also there is something about the beginning of this song where it's there's something i can't i'm just gonna say it it reminds me of the lion king score at the beginning oh dear it's a it's a good thing it's Hans Zimmer score but it's something quite tropical about it and actually there's that tropical thing I heard a little bit in Get to Heaven as well it's, it's quite tropical it's got it feels like it's got African influences almost and I certainly hear that in the uh, I'm going to try and do it but it's going to sound off at the beginning it's got like that um, kind of going through it
1: <laughs> it's almost a bit Calypso. Uh, calipso. perhaps yeah. Calipso's the <laughs> the, <absolutely>. the lolly <laughs> the
0: Calipso um, a few Calipso shots Remember those? No. There was like a a, a tub of little tiny balls of calippo ice lolly.
1: Oh. Yeah. I thought it meant like a shot that was flavored like a clippo. Oh no, but or no almost doubt. Or lacing a clippo lolly with some form of alcohol like vodka, and then obviously sucking till it.
0: Something Comes for to the a conclusion. The track by track annual barbecue maybe. maybe.
1: <laughs> On to track six now. Uh, the wheel brackets is turning now. <laughs> track i was just reading and in sort of juxtaposition to to how kind of up tempo and light all the tracks are the, the subject matter running through this album you know covers things like war
0: elections shootings yeah i think jonathan higgs the frontman who writes a lot of the lyrics or actually probably the majority of the lyrics is very political with what he writes but it comes across in such a such a approachable open mature mature um of an upbeat way that sometimes you don't really pick up on, on those themes but um yeah he certainly is in tune with it and he'd be one of those acts he'd, he'd be one of those writers actually that you know how last year neil tennant and kate bush and some other people released those lyric books Yes. Which I was sure you was gonna get me for Christmas, by the way, that's why I didn't get it for myself, the Neil Tennant one.
1: Oh, I thought we were just getting each other fun gifts for Christmas. Mm I really wanted that book actually. If Jonathan it's Higgs like Gavin and Stacy then. <laughs> it's not my main present. <laughs> <What> the...
0: <laughs> if Jonathan Higgs and everything, everything bring out a book of lyrics, do buy me it, please. Um is a very talented wordsmith.
1: Well, you've got a birthday coming up. Uh-huh, yes. Much
0: later in the year. Well.
1: I'll see if I can scrape some, some pennies together.
0: But this track, anyway. Yes. I. What I really like about this is it... The influence, the sound there is a little bit leaning towards a bit more of a grimy kind of sound. And I think they have been influenced on previous albums by genres that you wouldn't necessarily put them into so I remember there's a track Kemisabi Chemis, it's called from the previous album Ark and it reminded me a lot of a sort of a, the beginning of a Katy Perry song but more of one of her more kind of R&B offerings
1: oh I thought you were talking about that place where we had Pad Thai the other week <laughs> what's that called <laughs>
0: and then I also really like how that outro of do you want to know how far you've come just kind of goes on and on and on, a bit more than you'd expect it to. And I almost feel like it's leading you down the rabbit hole. It's the kind of more popular radio-friendly numbers have been, and now it's taking you to something else.
1: Well, we're in the middle of the album now, aren't we? So Mm. typically, well, not typically, but where you'd often find something a bit different, a change of pace, a change of style, um, which we definitely had with that track.
0: A bit more experimentation to come, perhaps. Maybe. Let's move into
1: track seven. Uh, Fortune 500. Things continue to take a different turn uh, with Fortune 500.
0: Definitely. I think it's, again, a little bit more experimental. I like how they use repetition a lot in the, not only in the lyrics, and there's that bit about, I won, I won, I told you I won, but the sound as well in this one is very, it's, it's just the samples and they're repeated and repeated and repeated, and it's great. For me, this one sounds a little bit like it could be, and it's actually, it's a particular moment when the second verse kicks in it sounds like it could be from a soundtrack and I think it could be sort of a bit of a dystopian, I don't know, maybe like a blader or something like that. It
1: is, that's a great word. You're bang on there with dystopian, actually. Yeah. It does sound a little bit end of days. And I love the, the urgency in this track. If you think back to some of the earlier tracks, much more relaxed in style.
0: Yeah. Despite some of the content and lyrics. And again, we've talked before about how The themes of this album, although sometimes hidden by a fantastic beat or a sing-along chorus, are very serious. And I think in this one, you kind of, you feel that mood a little bit more, don't you? Because it's not so much of the, you know, there is no big chorus to sing along with this one. It is very much a listen and take it in.
1: But quite affecting when you listen to it. You can immerse yourself in that. Definitely. Really get sucked into it. So track number eight now. And Blast Doors. Dead, school, yeah. You see? We're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> the blast doors <laughs> off.
0: <laughs> um, Is it a nod to Sir Michael of Kane?
1: I don't think it's a nod at all. No, but, probably not. Um, just a funny reminiscence of uh, the Italian job.
0: Yes. Not seen it.
1: Oh. It's, quite, it's a very famous quote
0: though, isn't it? Yes, everyone, everyone knows it. Have you seen The Trip? with Steve Coogan oh, and... have seen. love Brian. the trip. Yeah. I've only seen the first series and I've seen it a couple of times. I've not quite got to Italy or Spain yet. It? It's... Um, and they're going to do a trip to Greece this year oh, as right. well. well. I need to do my catching up. I could,
1: I could listen to those two talk to each other
0: and do impressions to each other. Mm. Good track. It's a great track. It just continues that theme of... You know, we're taking you away from the mainstream. It's still very much everything, everything. You can feel that Stuart Price shine on it, but it's not particularly commercial, I'd say. And while I I don't think I could put my hand on my heart and say Blast Doors is a favourite song from the album, but I like it.
1: It's got he's given it a really good commercial polish yes. to it.
0: It's actually thinking about it, the the chorus of that one has got a little bit more of the guitar work happening. And I can imagine this is one played live. It's one that the, the, the audience could kind of bop along in time to, but wouldn't quite be singing along, maybe. Just having a look, um, just some of the reception um,
1: that this album received when it was released, as we often do. Uh, I have to say, very, very positive. Q gave it five stars. Enemy seven out of ten. Digital Spy the reputable source for music knowledge that it is gave it five stars good on them well good for them that they stepped away from Hollyoaks spoilers to <laughs> listen to the Everything Everything <laughs>
0: album um, and it reached the dizzying heights of number seven so it's their it was was their second consecutive top ten album and they've now had three top ten albums
1: let's move on we're on to track number nine now uh, Zero Pharaoh is the next one up <laughs>
0: been one of my favorites and i think it is right from the off with that um sort of vocal sample turned into a beat at the beginning i really loved that from the off and i think as well that the fact that it's called zero pharaoh and how that very modern effect that they do has a little bit of a sort of egyptian feel to it it all just works together beautifully for me
1: well this is a great time to talk about the fantastic Album artwork. Oh, so... It's not that I don't like this track. Okay. Um, but it's probably one of the ones I enjoy the, the least. Mm. But that's not necessarily
0: a bad thing well, for me. Let's be let's be very honest with the listeners. During that track, we did say there's no very obvious moment in this album to do this. So we're doing it now? Yes.
1: So the fantastic art- artwork is a brilliant cartoon... Of a man, a blue man being clawed down his face by an even bluer man, oh Christ, and it's quite looks like quite a horrific scene, actually, and thank goodness we don't get to see how things play out um It's a brilliant piece of artwork. I love the colours in the background as well, and the kind of beam sort of energy em- emanating from the from the guy himself. Again, a very rudimentary description and there's probably some, some real meaning in it that I'm not aware of in the artwork. And maybe during the next track I might just see if I can clarify that.
0: Well, the, the meaning, I have to say, um, I'm not sure of. I do know it was by Andrew Archer, who is an Australian-based illustrator and it is a fantastic piece. Now, this is the point where I have to put my hands up and confess something. You should never judge a book by its cover. You should never judge an album by its cover. So... ARK, the album that came before this, was a real favourite of mine. absolutely loved the entire album. And then this album came out, and I saw the artwork, and I thought, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to like this album. And I didn't listen to the album for a good few months. Oh,
1: my purely God. purely based
0: on the artwork. And Bombshell. I know. And I I liked the singles that were released. I loved Distant Past and Regret. But just something about that artwork made me think they were going for more of a, I don't know, it made me think of like a Green Day album or something like that. Um, and honestly it's one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made I've since bought the album on vinyl so I have that beautiful image there uh, in its best form but yeah I was very I was actually a little bit put off by it that that's shocked me actually I'm so, I'm so sorry to do that to you
1: so, so shocked am I we need to just get the next one on right, quite quickly on. Yeah. so track number 10 now um, much like The Office here no reptiles. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Me. that was the, for me the last minute of that track is absolutely stunning
0: yes I think that last minute just about sums up our sort of dream music sound and style really it's just an ongoing collision of sounds and things that keep layers on on.
1: of electronic sounds of great vocals great Sense. instruments yeah uh, and the lyrics are brilliant in that track as well the question, controversial question for you, Yes. do you think that should have been the last track of the album? Or um, well, we haven't listened to the last track yet, so maybe I'm a little bit pre- premature. Well,
0: no, I think you're actually, it's a very good question because I didn't know you was going to ask that, we, we haven't scripted this in any way, but quite often when it gets to this song, I think it's going to be the last song and I forget about the next one. Which is a shame because I love the next song. But actually, yes, I do think this would have worked really well as an album closer. It's yeah, it's a fantastic song. It's very do you remember last week we were talking about How Do You Sleep by LCD sound system and how it builds up and you were saying that you like it when it gets to sort of you really you really hear it when it gets to three minutes in or so. Yeah. Because it's yeah. that it's that kind of quite stark build. And this for me is very much like that. The first time I heard it I remember thinking, oh, I'm not quite sure about this one. It's very, very different, it's very much more experimental. And having gotten the whole way through the track, now when I go back to it, this is probably, I think I've said this already today, but this is probably my favourite song on the album. I think you've said that <clears> about... Five yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for the experimental side alone, for the lyrics, is you know, well, do you ever feel like a fat child in a pushchair old enough to run? Yes, I think that's a wonderful line, isn't it? And also, no reptiles, just soft boiled eggs in suits and ties. It's it's all very cryptic. It's all very Beatles kind of. um Eye and the walrus. Quite
1: mundane kind of working workaday descriptions to to describe something much more.
0: Yes, I love that bit of piano. That do 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 do, very like um, kind of nineteen. 19- 40s or 50s horror movie kind of score, if you will. So we're on to the last track of the album,
1: and uh, track 11, which is the last track of the album.
0: <laughs> and according to you, it shouldn't be here.
1: <laughs> according to my world, we finished it last song, so I guess we better play this. This is Warm Healer. that was the last track that was Warm Healer and I stand by what I said before switch those two tracks over and you've got a winner
0: it's ooh I was I was on your side before and actually hearing that song it reminds me how much I really enjoy that song so oh I think I'm going to go with the boys everything everything on this one I think I'm going to say it was the right thing to do okay not to disregard your opinion
1: no none taken no offence taken
0: but the track itself, despite the fact that it's the closer that you might not have hoped for, what are your thoughts on the track?
1: It's not one of my favourites on the album. It's great, it's solid. Um, it doesn't go anywhere for me. It doesn't stir anything for me.
0: Hmm. So this is actually, and same as Zero Pharaoh actually, which wasn't one of your favourites, is one of my favourites. Again, I've said that throughout this episode, but... I think I listen to these more than I listen to Distant Past or Regret. And I think just, again, because they were singles and they were played a lot. Um, well, we don't have to agree with each other. Mm, and wouldn't life be
1: dull if we did?
0: No, it wouldn't. That's a true question. <laughs> <laughs> this, I think, goes back to the more organic instruments. It's got a bit more of that Motown thing, especially with the bass that's kind of just hopping throughout it. But I do love how, at the end, it slows down. Kind of the, the vocals go into slow motion. And then that end synth effect just kind of carries on and on and on.
1: So, that's the end of the album. So, now, further listening. <laughs> that's it's a new
0: thing, thing. I'm going to do. Oh, is that a new jingle. A ch- chant, yes. And further listening is, of course, a part of the podcast where we choose something else... Not from the album in focus, so get to heaven aside, there's plenty more to everything. Everything will, what would you like our listeners to hear?
1: I'm going to jump ahead to the next album, okay. 2017, and I'm just going to dive in. This is Can't Do.
0: absolute banger
1: I'd love this when it came out and I still do I think it was well it was the first single off of uh, a fever dream so it was the first taste of new music that we got and I loved it I think for me it's it's like distant past it's a very well-rounded well-crafted pop song yes and a great again a great lead single to debut a new album with as well and although it sounds it's it's evolved from the previous album, Stuart Price didn't produce *The Fever Dream*. Um, I forget the name of the guy, but I think he worked. He'd previously worked with like the Arctic Monkeys and uh, um, James Ford. James Ford. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but like a dis- *Like Distant Pass, I still love this song now, and we were both bopping away to it.
0: And we did say that although we'd left the floodgates open for uh, further listening. Uh, choice from Everything Everything. I think actually A Fever Dream itself is such an incredible album that maybe one day we'll come back to that because you write this song, I absolutely love it. So it's 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 a fantastic continuation from the sound of Get to Heaven, but it also is something very different and it's got much more of a dance, even more of a dance appeal to it. Um, I think this, this is a great choice. I love this song. Thank you for reminding me.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. Now, Dan... What have you got?
0: Well, I'm going to take a step backwards, actually. So the album that came before Get to Heaven, arc was my first real Foray. introduction. Yes, Man Alive, I kind of um, sort of coasted over, which is strange because we mentioned way back on the Django Django episode, we talked about how acts who name themselves twice, quite often it's a kind of a rule that I like them. So everything, everything, Duran Duran Orange, Orange. Mm, They, they, they didn't make the cut, unfortunately. Um, And if you know who Orange, Orange are, well done. (laughs) You're in the right place. Yes. Um, So there were. When I decided, I definitely was going to pick something from Arc. I wasn't quite sure which because there's a lot on here that I love, but I'm going to go for Duet. So duet, which incidentally is not a duet.
1: It's, um, I guess, not a song I've really heard for a long time. I haven't really gone back that far.
0: So this was a third single from Arc, and it followed "Cough um, Cough," which was the first one, and then "Kemisabi." Uh, again, that lovely Pad Thai place.
1: <laughs> was was "Cough Cough" this like a spiritual? sequel to kiss
0: kiss by <laughs> holly valance I'll, I'll, I'll let you be the judge of that <laughs> but duet for me was just very different in the fact it's quite it's very it's quite traditional it's quite ballady it's got that, the strings leading it and even though i fully appreciated the 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 lyrics and the kind of the themes running through it i felt that sound wise it almost had a bit of a, a hark to sound sort of like modern-day take that, but also a bit of the Beatles, but then kind of by way of Radiohead, I thought it was a kind of a... It was a very... Accessible. Accessible pop number by an intellectual indie pop dance rock band.
1: Quite as a mouthful.
0: Yes. Um, And
1: you can really see the progression as well in the sound and how it's not necessarily better, what they've done more recently, but it has... Moved on from more of, like, an indie rock to indie pop, dance, pop. Yeah, rock. definitely. It's well, been... I think the, the thing I love about Everything Everything is they are everything. 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 Yeah.
0: We're out of time. We're out of time. And we'd love for you to share with us what you thought. Do you agree with us? Are you a big Everything Everything fan? Let us know on social media, at UK Hashtag Track by Track, if you will. And...
1: The thing I love about this podcast is next week we change direction yet again.
0: So can you give us a hint of a tease of what to expect? She's... Oh, it's a woman. It's a woman. A lady. It's a single lady. Well, she's yeah, not so. single.
1: Um, she's you know, In fact, she's far from single. She's had many children. Uh, she's a glamorous lady.
0: The old woman who lived in a shoe? No. Okay.
1: She's a glamorous lady... Uh, She's a glamorous pop lady with many children and she's still around now and actually she's about to release more
0: music. She's about to release Greatest Hits with a Twist, if I'm not wrong. You're very right there. But we're not talking about that next week, are we? I think to say anything more would be... Sorry, you're glaring at me. Would be to give it away. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Sean, say any more. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating or a review if you're enjoying it. And also you can find us on Spotify and of course you can find everything on movetotrash.co.uk.
1: But for this week, I've
0: been everything. And I've been everything. Goodbye. Goodbye.